Blog Talk Radio. In that land across the sea, there's a job for you and me. Though our presence there may not be found We must stay each night and day On the battle line and pray We must never lay our weapons down We don't have to be a soldier uniform to be of service over there while the boys so bravely stand with their weapons made by hand let us trust and use the weapon of thousand miles away someone shed their blood today with the hearts so brave and true they've gone to a war that's yours and mine let us join the battle line with the weapon that will save our home We don't have to be a soldier in a uniform To be of service over there While the boys so bravely stand With their weapons made by hand Let us trust and use the weapon of Tanks and guns have done all that they can do, and the mighty bombs have rained and failed. Send a helpful hand above, hold a weapon made of love, and against him none of earth prevails. service over there, while the boys so bravely stand, with their weapons laid by hand, let us trust and use the weapon of prayer. Hallelujah. I just really love that. I believe it was a quartet, wonderful brothers singing about let's just stand and use 
the weapon of prayer. Hallelujah. So I want to greet you tonight in the name that's above every other name. That's the powerful name of Jesus. And it's in his name that I come to you tonight. As a speaker for Reaching Out Radio International, this is your Sister Pearl with the program In the Word with Sister Pearl tonight, and I am so privileged to be with you once again. We've been talking about the weapons of our warfare, and that's what we're going to delve in tonight. The first weapon we talked about was praise, send Judah first. The second weapon in our arsenal that God has given us was the word of God, the word of God, strong weapon. And we even talked about how Jesus, when he was tempted in the wilderness, tempted by the devil, Satan himself, and he was hungry because he was fasting, he was praying. And when he responded to Satan, he did not use his own words. But he quoted scripture. He said, it is written and told him what to do. He told the devil how to get out of his face. So tonight, by the grace of God, we're attempting to talk about the third weapon that is a mighty, mighty, uh, strong weapon that God has given us. Amen. We're going to share on this one weapon that is so severely challenged by the enemy of our souls. Now, whatever we do, the devil does not want us to pray because prayer is perhaps one of the the most dangerous and lethal weapons a believer has in his or her arsenal. So when you and I pray with faith, believing that our God is hearing and answering, this causes great havoc in the enemy's camp. Great havoc. So the message that I'm going to be sharing on this Sunday's broadcast deals with prayer and utilizing various kinds of prayer. As we understand that we're involved in a battle for our very souls and the souls of others all around us. I hope that even though we've already begun tonight's broadcast, that you just take a quick minute as I pray and go and invite a loved one, a neighbor, a friend, a relative that you know needs to hear this word, invite them as I'm going to be praying right now. And let's believe God that he is going to be speaking to us. This, This weapon tonight is so important. I'm not even sure that I can get through the entire Uh, message in one broadcast about praying as a weapon. But we're going to try our very best by the help of our great God. And I just want to bless you wherever you happen to be listening to tonight and welcome you to Reaching Out Radio International. Amen. Let's just go and seek the Lord and ask his blessing upon tonight's message. Heavenly Father, We just still ourselves before you. We come into your presence. We rebuke the devourer. We rebuke the enemy that would not want this word to go forth. 
And we thank you, Lord God, that uh, he is not going to have his will tonight or his way, but you will have your way and you will have your will performed. And that every man, every woman, every child, every girl, every boy listening to the broadcast tonight is going to receive something to help them along the way. We ask you to remove all distraction, remove discouragement, disappointment, remove anything that the enemy would try to trip them up with to keep them away from hearing your precious word tonight. God, let your word come alive in the hearts and the minds of the people. We come against anything that would keep us from focusing and keep us from hearing clearly. God, anoint me as your handmaiden. Just use my lips, use my mind to speak forth the word that you've given me about prayer being a mighty weapon in the arsenal that you've given every believing child of God. Thank you, God, for the ability to pray. Thank you for the ability to cry out to you. You are a great and an awesome God. And we just pray that at the end of tonight's message, that your name would have been exalted, that your name would have been glorified, that people will have a greater understanding of what it means to do battle in prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, you know, let's just go before the Lord and, 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 and listen very carefully, all right? The main verse that I want to use for tonight's message is coming from the book of Ephesians in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. This is a very clear instruction given to us by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul as he's speaking and he wrote a letter to the church at Ephesus. He tells them to pray in the Spirit. Now, I'm going to talk about that closer to the end of tonight's message, but Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So you might wonder, well, when is it, when should I be praying? Do I need to be praying all the time? Yes, you do. You and I need to be praying all the time. Does that mean that we're always going to be wearing a prayer shawl or we're always going to be um, verbally praying and not being able to work, not being able to conduct other business? Of course not. But we should be in an attitude of prayer before God 24-7. And then the Bible tells us to pray with all kinds of prayer. Wow. So there's actually different types of prayer. There's different types of prayer. And then he says to pray, uh, pray with different types of prayer and requests. So requesting is not always the same thing as praying. Amen? 
So let's let's just delve into the word of God tonight. What is prayer? I, I really don't have the time to go into I started doing this message as I was working on this message for you and for myself as well because I always get to benefit from what God gives me in his holy word. His word is so powerful, so precious. And so I was getting really into what is prayer. I can't really get into the full understanding of what is prayer tonight because that will take us an entire message. What I want to focus on really is using prayer as a weapon in our arsenal. But I'm going to take a little time away from that just for some newer believers. Maybe you're just a brand-new Christian. Maybe you just recently came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody shared the gospel with you or the Holy Spirit had been dealing with you. Or perhaps you were even listening to Reaching Out Radio International, whether it was listening to Sister Pearl of one of, or one of our other hosts or even uh, the leader of our ministry, which is Evangelist Montel Fields. Maybe you were listening to her speak and you came to know the Lord uh, through what she was saying. But no matter where you are, let me just go very briefly on what is prayer. And then we'll look more closely on using prayer as a weapon. Okay, so what is prayer? Prayer is basically communicating with God. Can you imagine that? Let's just stop there for a second. Prayer is communicating with God. That's deep. So that means that when I pray, I'm I'm having a conversation with God. Not just mortal man or mortal woman or my child, or my husband, or my wife, if I was a man, or or my neighbor, or my mother, or my father. I am praying, communicating with God. The same God who spoke the world into existence. The same God that if he removes his breath from you, you will no longer be alive on this earth. The same God who flung the galaxies, hung them, and put them to where they are right now. Wow. The same God who made the sun and the moon, who divided darkness from light. Prayer is communicating with God. No wonder the Lord taught us, as I shared with you on several occasions when I was doing this series about the kingdom of God. He taught us in the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So this is the God that you're talking to, a holy God, the only true and living God, the God that knows every human being that's on the face of the earth as I speak whether you're in Africa, Asia, you're in Europe, whether you live in Antarctica, whether you live in Australia, whether you live in South America, North America, the Caribbean, Mexico, wherever you're listening from, created you. 
pray, we're actually communicating with God. It is too high, the concept of us being allowed to pray to God is too high for any one of us to fully grasp. But I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is real. Less than three months ago, I was struck by a van. I was a pedestrian. I was not driving. And I cried out to God as I was pinned underneath of that van for more than a minute, perhaps two minutes or a little bit more, cried out to this same God to help me and to deliver me and to give me a miracle. And I'm going to tell you tonight, this is March the 5th, where I am speaking to you from in Northeast America, and so I'm going by Eastern Standard Time. You might be living, uh, living in another place. You might have another time zone, or you just might be listening to this on demand. So whenever you are able to listen to it, you might listen to it. But I'm telling you that what happened to me less than three months ago, I am walking perfectly. Having had a heavy commercial van, on top of my legs. You tell me if God is not mighty. He is mighty. He's a deliverer. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness. He's phenomenal. Now, does everybody, do I always have that kind? Does everybody always have that kind of, divine intervention, or maybe it might not be the way that we wanted to all the time, but I certainly did, and other people have, and you can too. But I just wanted to, to share this, that this God that I'm talking about tonight is someone that I happen to have a relationship with. Do I deserve that? No, I do not. No, I, am I worthy of that? self because of my own worth? No, I'm not. I don't deserve God's goodness and his grace and his mercy. But, but because of his love and his kindness and because he is gracious and he is close to his children, he heard my prayer. Was I in tremendous pain? Yes. I was in even more pain after the accident. I, I didn't even know if I were able to put my feet on the ground. It was so, so painful. It was like something I've never experienced before, especially days after the accident. But, but I am so much better than I was, and God is so great. And I just wanted to say that when I pray, this is the God that I'm praying to. When you pray, this is the God that you pray to. Prayer is communicating with God. Prayer is also communing with God. The communication aspect means that you share or exchange information with God. And, and the beautiful thing about praying is that God already knows. God already knows what you and I are dealing with. It, it, it's not really 
to inform God of something that he does not know. He already knows exactly what you and I are dealing with. So it's not for giving him some information, but it's to cry out to him because you need to cry out to him. It's for yourself. It's that I need to cry cry out to him. I need to talk to him. Does he already know what's going on? No, of course he knows what's going on. He knows everything. Actually, he knew even before it happened. But that. He knows, he knows exactly what is going on with us. He knows what is going on with you. He knows what is going on with me. And he invites us to come and to pray. I, I want to show you a few things about prayer before I really get into the aspect about prayer being a weapon. And of course, prayer is not only a one-way monologue. When I talked about communing with God, that's a little bit different from just, you know, communicating with God. Communicating is sharing the information with God, you know, bearing your heart with God. It's like that. But communion means to intimately communicate or be in a state of heightened communication with God. So it's being very sensitive to God, very sensitive and hearing from him. So how do we hear from God, number one? He speaks through his word. How does God speak to his children? He speaks through his word first and foremost. Last week when we spoke about the word of God being a mighty weapon in our spiritual arsenal against the devil, I shared with you the scripture referring to God's word being sharper than any two-edged sword. We read that in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. And all scripture is God-breathed. We learn this in Second Timothy 3 and 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correction, and training in righteousness. There's so many scriptures in the word of God that show clearly that God speaks to us through his word, and we don't have the time in this message to share them all, but I'll give you one more found in Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And you might say, well, Sister Pearl, why are you bringing this up tonight? What does this have to do with prayer being a mighty weapon? Because when we pray, we pray according to the word of God. Hear me now. Like, for instance, let me give you an example. I'm not going to pray if I see a man I'm going to give you a good example that I think will be clear for everyone to understand. If I pray, I see a nice man, you know, I like this man, but then I find out he's married. I'm not going to pray and ask God to give him 
to me to be my husband. Why? Because that is totally out of the will of God. He is somebody else's husband. I'm not going to pray to to destroy and wreck his marriage, and for them, and then for him and me to be together. That is totally out of the will of God. So when I pray, I pray in alignment with God's will. And how do I know what's in alignment with God's will if I'm not in the word of God? Of course, I have to be in the word of God. I have to be knowledgeable of the word of God. I have to know what God's word says and what he instructs and what his ways are. So even though we're not speaking you know, directly tonight about the word of God being a weapon, we're talking about prayer, my prayer must be in alignment with God's word. Amen. And so when I pray, I want to make sure that I'm not praying outside of the will of God, especially if I'm in battle. I want to know how to use the weapon of prayer rightly. Another way that God speaks to us is in a still, small voice. He spoke to the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12. As God spoke to his servant, the prophet Elijah, Jesus, it says he speaks, he spoke to him in a still, small voice. Jesus also taught us in John chapter 10, I love this verse, because some people debate, some people that even say they are Christians, they will tell you that God does not speak to us today. Well, I beg to differ. He's not going to give us a new Bible. He's not going to, uh, you know, give us new commands. He's not going to speak anything to us that is contrary to his already spoken word and revealed word in the Holy Bible. That he's not going to do. But what happens when it's time for me, you know, to choose a life's partner? for example, or to move to another location or to accept a job offer or refuse one or to start my own business, et cetera, et cetera. Well, there's no scripture from Genesis to Revelation that will tell me where I need to live, who I need to marry, what job I should take. There's nothing like that. So then what do I do in a case like that when there is no, I can't turn to, you know, the gospel of John and read about me marrying a particular person. So I have to be able to trust what Jesus said when he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And I follow them. God reveals his will and way to you. But one of the first ways he does so is through prayer. And we also get in John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus told us this, however, when he, who is he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. 
And remember the verse that I read from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 at the very beginning? Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. That means be on the lookout. Do not be, you know, busy doing things that don't pertain to you directly. I've often told of told the, the listeners on Reaching Out Radio International about one of the times that I was in the Philippines, specifically um, in the city of Manila on Luzon Island, and I happened to be in the airport. I think I was coming into the Philippines at that time, and I had seen something. If you heard this before, please forgive me, but I'm sharing this now for all of the um, hundreds of thousands of listeners that may have not heard this message so or have heard me tell this story. But I was in um, the airport in Manila, Makati Airport, and I saw some United States military. I forgot which branch of the military they were in, but it, it was a special unit, I am sure, of this. They all were tall. They all were very, very, very built, very tall. Everybody was 6'5 and over. Um, and that, you don't have to be 6'5 to be in the military, but I know that that was a special unit because they were all tall, they were all strong, and they all looked fierce looking. And the thing about it, is that they, they were so focused on what they were doing that they wouldn't even look around. Usually military men look around. They look at the, 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 the girls, the women in the Philippines, and vice versa, the women are looking at them. This time the women were looking at them, and they were not looking back at anybody, nobody. I think if their mothers were there, they wouldn't have looked. They were so focus. They were what Ephesians 6.18 talks about. They were on alert. You and I need to be, especially as we are engaged in warfare, and you and I are engaged in warfare. Make no doubt about it. We are very much involved in warfare. So even though we might not... um, have to be six feet five and over and, you know, extremely well-built, you know, muscles all toned. Uh, We might not have to be like that in the natural, but in the spiritual we should be because we are engaged in a war for sure. That is for sure. We should always be praying. Any legitimate believer in the Lord Jesus Christ should always be communing with God by the power of the Holy Spirit enabling us to do so. Many a time we are, you know, in a situation that even even when we meet somebody, like for instance, if, if I run into someone new, a brand new person I've never met before, or I run into an old acquaintance, I haven't seen them for decades, or, or a friend, I'm praying. I want, the Lord to, I want the Lord to show me if he has something special to tell me 
about this encounter. Why did I run into this individual? I don't believe it was just, you know, by accident. I realize that nothing is just by mere chance or coincidence with the child of God who is led divinely by his spirit. The word of God tells us in Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good and righteous man, I'm reading from the Amplified Version, the steps of a good and righteous man, and you can put in woman if you happen to be a woman, are directed and established by the Lord. And he delights in his way and blesses his path. So there is no accident. Sometimes I could even be running into somebody that's not necessarily the Lord leading me, but, you know, God allowed me to to run into that individual, but they mean harm. I need to be praying and communing with God so that I can discern what is happening and what I need to do next. Amen. So remember, prayer as a weapon. I wish we had the time to really get into uh, what prayer is all about. But let's just look at the weapon part of prayer tonight. Before anything else, because when you and I are engaged in warfare, what do we want? We want to win, amen? We don't want to be defeated. We want to win, especially if we're on the right side. We're being persecuted. We're being troubled. We're being harassed. We're being tossed to and fro, and it's not because of anything wrong that we've done, but we're engaged in a warfare a spiritual war. And so we need to be alert. But even before that, here goes, I'm going to share with you a tremendous principle when you're doing battle in prayer, any kind of prayer, whether you're praying for someone else or you're praying for yourself or you're praying for your family or you're praying because of some situation on the job that they're doing all kinds of evil against you, and they're plotting and planning to destroy you or for you to lose your job or for you to lose your house. This is what I'm talking about. This is warfare. They don't like you because you're a Christian. They don't like the fact that you don't, you know, involve yourself and you don't engage yourself in the kinds of filthy conversations that are taking place around, you know, break time or when people around the the coffee pot, you're not involved. You're not laughing. You're, You're not looking at dirty pictures, right? You're not sharing in dirty conversation. So you already right. But Whatever you do before you pray, this is the key I want to give to all of us that are listening tonight. It's from Psalm 66, verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Wow. So, Before I even begin to pray, 
Am I right with God is the question. Of course, in an emergency, you will cry out to God. Everybody who's in a foxhole, there's a famous saying like that in English, you know, there are no atheists in the foxhole. In other words, when you are involved in real warfare and the rest of your, you know, your battalion, your troop, whatever, they're not next to you and it's just you in that hole and maybe the enemy's not far away, all of a sudden, Everybody cries out to God, just instinctively. The biggest atheist all of a sudden is crying out to God. All of a sudden, they're they're believing in God now. So in a case like that, of course, you will cry out to God, God, help me. But I'm talking about generally speaking. If you know you have sin in your heart, for, for whatever the reason is, whatever the circumstance, whether it's unforgiveness, somebody's wronged you, somebody's hurt you, and you don't want to forgive them, you need to let that go. And God will give you the strength to let that go. Does that mean that to forgive somebody means that they have to become your best friend? No. Sometimes you do have to relationship with people, not because you don't forgive them, but because they're not right and they're going to continually see how they can try to destroy your life because they're not right and they have not repented, and they've got problems. Those kind of people, you do still forgive them, but you don't keep them close. You keep them at a distance. Some of them you keep completely distant from because they, don't, they do not mean well, and all they will do is wind up breaking your heart constantly over and over again, speaking behind your back ill of you, just doing evil because they're controlled by their father, the devil. So you have to learn how to keep that person at bay, but still forgive them. So if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Well, if I've done something to someone else, And there's no repentance. There is no softening. There's no breaking. There's no, you know, remorse. There's no regret. That's iniquity. I'm keeping that in my heart. The Bible says that the Lord will not hear me. Stole something that did not belong to me, and I don't return it. The Lord will not hear me. And it's not because there's anything wrong with God's ability to hear. There's nothing wrong with his hearing. He's God. He's perfect. He will choose not to hear. He will turn a deaf ear because I'm not right. So that's the first thing in warfare. When you're praying, make sure you are not regarding or keeping sin in your heart. Because if you do that, you can pray a thousand prayers, but God will not hear you. Wow. And we don't want, I don't want for God not to hear your prayers. I don't want for God not to hear my prayers. I want God to hear me. 
I want God to move on my behalf. Amen. I need God to fight my battles. The word of God says the battle is not mine. It's the Lord's. I gave you that scripture about two weeks ago. Amen. Then we are to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice. And everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. That was found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, 17, and 18. Because 16 says, rejoice always. 17 says, pray without ceasing, or pray without stopping. In everything, give thanks. Even when I'm going through a hell, the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. I want to spend the last portion of this message talking about praying in the spirit, because that's what the apostle said in Ephesians 6.18. And pray in the spirit occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Be like those soldiers that I told you I saw in the Manila airport in the Philippines. They were on alert. They were focused. They were not being distracted. They were not being turned around. They stayed. You and I we must be alert, especially in 2023. Are you kidding me? We better be alert. We're doing all kinds of stuff to get God's people turned around and distracted. Be alert. Pray in the spirit. So what does pray in the spirit mean? Well, let's look at what the Apostle Paul had to say pertaining to this matter of praying in the spirit. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm going to read 15 verses. And I'm reading specifically from the King James Version tonight in this passage because the King James get it, gets this translation, I believe, better than any other translation when it comes to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And I'm going to read verse 1. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, that's what the King James rightly gets here. The person that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto man, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. And he that prophesieth speaks unto men to edification and exhortation, and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, listen to verse 4, edifieth himself. What does edify mean? Builds himself up. But he that prophesieth edifies the church. I would that you all speak with tongues. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. I would that you all speak with tongues but rather that you prophesy. For greater is he that prophesieth 
than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the ear. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. And he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, listen to this now, verse 14, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. We cannot get it any clearer than what the apostle is stating right here in 1 Corinthians 10. Let's go back. He said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, number one, it says it in verse two. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man, but unto God. For no man, nobody, stands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Then he goes on to say that when I pray in an unknown tongue, I am edifying myself. All right. Well, when do I, when would I need to be edified? When would I need to be built up? Are you with me? I need to be built up when I'm engaging in war. Sister Pearl believes that what the Bible teaches clearly teaches. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaks not unto man, but unto God. Because there is no other tongue like that on the earth. Remember what happened in Acts chapter 2? Those apostles were not speaking in unknown tongues. They were speaking in known tongues. They just were speaking in tongues that they did not learn. For instance, I don't know how to speak, but if I start speaking Italian under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in a church, 
I would have to either get somebody to interpret what I just said in Italian, or God might give me the interpretation from Italian into English. But it is a known tongue. Italian is a known tongue. Spanish is a known tongue. Mandarin is a known tongue. English is a known tongue. French is a known tongue. And it goes on and on and on. These are all known tongues. Maybe not known to me, but they're known by other people on the earth. And so when the apostles received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, let's go to it now. I didn't plan to to look at this, but, but let's just go to it now real quick. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2, and I will show you how when the Holy Spirit came, he did come and he gave, the people were filled with tongues, but they were known tongues. How does Sister Pearl know that? Well, in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. So that means they were known, K-N-O-W-N in English. These were languages that people knew. In verse 7, it says, utterly amazed. Each one heard their own language being spoken. They were utterly amazed. They asked, aren't all these people that are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, and it went on and on. Egypt, parts of Libya. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Okay, that's a whole other teaching. But I just wanted it to show you clearly through Scripture in the Word of God that the apostles in Acts chapter 2 were not speaking unknown tongues. They were speaking known tongues. The only thing that was unknown in that case was that they were speaking languages that they had not learned and that were not taught to them. They didn't know when they were speaking what they were saying. But what I'm talking about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that's a completely different story. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 talks about he that speaketh in an unknown tongue does not speak unto men. So this is not for the purpose of, you know, glorifying God, in somebody's language. This is for the purpose of speaking mysteries to God. And this is for the purpose of, of, of speaking to God in a way that the devil doesn't even know what you're saying. The imps that work for the devil, they're confused. They don't know what you are praying about, what exactly is going on. Oh, my goodness. And so I believe that praying in the spirit does not mean necessarily that you're praying 
in your natural human language. And how can I say that? I can say it because the Apostle Paul said it. Look at verse 15 of 1 Corinthians 14. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. So when I open up my mouth and I pray to God, no matter what I'm saying, I know what I'm saying. I understand what I am saying. But when I pray with the Spirit, I don't understand. It says I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding. Because when I'm praying in the Spirit, I don't know what I'm saying necessarily unless God reveals to me by the Spirit. But, but I am speaking mysteries to God. So it's like I'm praying to God, and I'm praying what I need to be praying, even though I don't know that I need to be praying that. But God knows that I need to be praying that. So what do I do? I pray with the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit. I pray with my heavenly language. It's a language that I did not learn. It's a language that nobody could teach me. I received that language from God, and that enables me to fight against the enemy. It's like I'm praying code, but it's a code that I don't even know how to discern that code. I just know that I'm praying a mighty prayer in the spirit and something phenomenal is going on because the enemy cannot discern what I'm saying. Wow. Praying in the spirit. Remember, Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. I don't know where these people get off today that people today don't need to speak in tongues. There's some denominations that teach their people um, Christians don't speak in tongues today. And then they, they misquote the word of God, totally misquoting it. The word of God, I believe it's found in 1 Corinthians 13. Let's see if we can go to that real quick. Totally misrepresent that one. And they say, you know, well, the Bible says that tongues will cease. Yeah, it, they, they will cease to be with Jesus reason for them to cease right now, all right? Um, And they get this from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it says in verse 8, part B, it says, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. So they're saying, well, no more prophecies today. That's what some of these people teach. And whether there are tongues, they will cease. So they grab this, whether there are tongues, they will cease. And then they say, well, no Christians should be speaking in tongues today. Are you kidding me? Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Let's look at that last clause. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Knowledge has not vanished, vanished away. That's for sure. People have more knowledge today, good and bad. Had 
before. Knowledge has not ceased. It did not vanish away. And I can also tell you, likewise, prophecies have not failed and tongues have not failed. But it says in verse 10, when they will not be necessary, verse 10, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When Jesus comes, we don't need to be speaking in tongues. We don't need any new knowledge, and we don't need any prophetic word, because the perfect has come. And that which is in part will be done away with at that time. Okay? That's clear. Paul spoke in tongues, and he said, I wish that all of you would speak in tongues. And he knew that we needed to be able to speak in tongues, not only pray and speak in tongues in the church and get the interpretation for the whole body of Christ, but that we needed to be built up. Because when we're in warfare, we need to keep strong. We need to pray also to use the devil's camp so that he doesn't know what's going on. You know, it, it really frustrates me when I hear some of the leaders in my nation and they go and they say, you know, we're going to do this to Russia, we're going to do this to Iran, and we're going to do this to China, and then we're going to do this and we're going to do this. Why would any smart person tell the enemy what they're about to do? In warfare, you don't tell the enemy what you're about to do. You just go ahead and do it. And as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. We don't go and blast to the devil what we're about to do. We just go ahead and do it in Jesus' name. Well, my time is up, and we didn't even get into half of prayer as a weapon. Prayer is a mighty weapon. It is a mighty weapon. It's a powerful tool. The battle is not won without prayer. That's just how it goes. But I tell you what, we're going to hold this until next Sunday night, Lord willing, and we'll pick it up. So we'll continue that the message that the battle is not won without prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone listening to this broadcast tonight that you will help them to understand what it is to pray in this, and help me to share with them what you have taught me about being able to pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, being alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I bless you, man and woman of God. I bless you, young person that loves the Lord. I bless you, even listener, that you have not yet given your life to the Lord. I ask you to please cry out to him. He will hear you. Ask him to save you. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and invite his Holy Spirit to come and live with you. And you, you know, he will give you what you need to follow him through your life. God bless you. This is your sister Pearl with Reaching Out Radio Inter- International on this broadcast for In the Word with Sister Pearl. Stay good, stay very close to Jesus, and know that he loves you so very much. Until next Sunday night, bye-bye.